78 organs, 206 bones, 600 muscles, and over 30 trillion cells make up your individual body. Our body, with many systems, many functions, and many mysteries, is one of the most complicated organisms that we are still uncovering. And yet what is staggering to me is how little we think about the details of our body. It is often until our bodies don't work the way they should that we begin to consider how this beautiful thing works together. Tish Harrison Warren, in her book, Liturgy of the Ordinary, writes about how much maintenance our body takes as she refers to the everyday, maybe twice a day practice of brushing your teeth. She invites the reader to consider that God gave us bodies with all of its mysteries and needs, and she concludes that our bodies are actually a conduit to better understand God and each other. She states, These small acts of caring for our bodies are acts of embodied confession that our Creator, who mysteriously became flesh, made our body well and deserves worship in and through our very cells, muscles, tissues, and teeth. Today is a day full of celebrating the unique ways God has been at work in the lives who call Good Shepherd home. As we give Bibles to our third graders, celebrate the promotion of fifth graders to middle school, eighth graders to high school, and seniors graduating in the class of 2021, we are reminded that God has so uniquely made each one of us. And he has called all of us to participate in the body of Christ. Today, we're going to dive into 1 Corinthians 12, and we come upon a metaphor all of us are familiar with. It's because it talks about the body of Christ. And what Paul here describes is a metaphor of how our bodies, with all of its intricacies, remind us about how unique God made each one of us. Consider all the different parts of your body. Think about your eyes, your heart, your nervous system, maybe even your toes, and consider what it would be like to not have them. Undoubtedly, your life would look really different. And as we dive in today, Paul reminds us that all of us have a gift to share, a part in the body of Christ, and he invites us to consider that none of us are excluded and all of us are invited. Today, we'll be looking at bits and pieces of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. So I want to invite you to grab out your Bible. Engage your body. Maybe you pull it up on your phone. Maybe you open up the Bible that you bring each week with you. But we will practice how we can engage our body as we think together about the body of Christ. So let's dive in. 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to start at verse 4. Paul writes, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Paul writes that it is the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God, that manifests or gives the gifts of the Spirit. Right at the offset of this passage, Paul makes clear to the church of Corinth that it is God who has given us the gift of the Spirit. 
There is no debate on who has given us wisdom, hospitality, or teaching. What Paul here describes is not a list of personality traits, although many confuse them as so. It's rather that the Spirit has invited us to share a gift with Christian community, and by so sharing it, we bless the whole. As Paul will next describe what these gifts are, again, it is vitally important for us to hear that these gifts of the Spirit are not what we want to be. They're not a list of goals. Instead, there's maybe one or two things that naturally we are able to share with one another that helps the common good of the church. Paul grounds the diversity of spiritual gifts within the unity of the Trinity. And what we see here as the same Spirit, same Lord, same God, is the full display of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God has not only created us, but he has sent his Son to die for us. And he has given us his advocate, the Holy Spirit, to guide and be present with us. He describes things like wisdom, service, faith, healing prayer, and many more. But the list given here in 1 Corinthians is not comprehensive. Paul also writes the same kind of writing to the church in Rome and also to the church of Ephesus, found in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. And these spiritual gifts are ways that God's spirit is to attribute to the character of a person. While all these passages have similar gifts demonstrated, they are all unique. And I think the reason why Paul does this is because he shows that these gifts are not meant to be for a specific people. In the time that Paul wrote, all the churches he was writing to were super unique. They were formed of different people, of different cultures, of different socioeconomics. And what Paul here writes in all of these passages is not to highlight that different gifts are for specific people, but rather that all these gifts make up the full display of the church as a whole. Here at Good Shepherd, we believe that we are just a small part of what God is doing in and through the world. This body of Christ imagery that Paul writes about here in 1 Corinthians 12 is how each one of us gets the honor to participate in the church, again as a whole, throughout the world, throughout all time, through the mission and ministry of a small church called Good Shepherd. Paul continues in verse 12, and he writes this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, the foot, now if the foot should say, I am not, because I am not in hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that very reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body.
I don't know about you, but to me, this metaphor jumps off the page. I don't have to look very far to understand how complex my body is and therefore find the value in the unique ways that God has gifted each one of us. As I read this passage, the first thing I think about are those kiddos who I get the privilege of working with. Kids are wild, they're silly, and they're very inquisitive. They ask really big questions and have really big faith. As we get older, most of us mature into people potentially less secure of who God made us to be. Many of us, are, many of us spend our days hiding and struggling to really know who we are and what gift we might have to offer. And I'm afraid that if the church does not answer how God has gifted you for the advancement of his church, the world will swoop your gifts right up. As I've sat in this passage this last week, thinking about these students who we are celebrating today, what I find God leading me to share with you is that it is God who has gifted you. Highlight, underline, Make clear in your Bible, verse 18, which states, It is God who has placed the parts of the body, every one of them. God's word for us today is to know that we are invited to participate. God's word reminds us to celebrate the goodness of the gifts of those around us. And as Paul writes to his initial audience, the church of Corinth, He is writing to a people who believed that there was a hierarchy of gifts to be utilized within the church. But what Paul states here is that the parts of the body, even the ones that are often unrecognized, are what makes the body whole. I love that Paul reminds us that the goal of Christian community is not to look like each other, to think the same, but that it's the diversity of gifts that make us better together. As we pick up in verse 21, Paul writes, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts of the body that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Again, today seems like a perfect day to hear these words. But God. But God has brought the body together. As Pastor Brian mentioned, we are a ragtag group of people. There is no reason we should be gathered together in community, but God. Today we are reminded that no matter how young or little you may be, you are indispensable to the body of Christ. It is God who has organized us, who has brought us together this very moment with our own gifts our own stories, our own passions and desires, not to all be the same, but to share all the ways that God is at work in and through us. The power within the text is that it's not about us. It's all about God. Hear these words again, but God. 
but God has placed you in this family of faith to participate in the body of Christ. We cannot make up the body of Christ on our own. We don't have to feel overwhelmed or burdened by participating. And as we have journeyed through this series called Forgotten God, I hope you are reminded, as much as I am, of my deep need for the Holy Spirit. If it were up to us, we would tend to neglect the third person of the Trinity, and we would not know how to use the gifts that God has given each one of us. It is truly when our gifts are used for the common good, the betterment of our community, that we make up the body of Christ. God has promised that through his power and his presence, that he will gift each one of us in exceptional and powerful ways. It would seem that Paul implores us to respond to, by asking the Spirit to be with us as we pray, search our hearts, try out ministries, and seek loving but truthful feedback to see how God has distinctly gifted you. God has placed us in the body of Christ to care for and to equip one another and really live into who God has made each one of us to be. I think of these third graders who are at an age where they can read a Bible on their own. I think of fifth graders who will now attend middle school, eighth graders who will go to high school, and graduating seniors who are embarking on life post-primary education. They deeply need the body of Christ to see in them the potential of their gifts. And you need to affirm and celebrate who God has made them to be. They need you to use your gifts and to share your life and your wisdom with them. I needed you. It wasn't that long ago that I was that third grader receiving a Bible, a fifth grader who was transitioning to middle school, an eighth grader starting at high school, and a high schooler going to college. And I needed my peers, my parents, and other adults in my life to celebrate and help me see clearly who God made me to be. I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't. That is how he's placed us in the body of Christ. None of us are excused. All of us are invited. Paul continues in verse 26 and states, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Our lives and our stories, our gifts, are woven together in a beautiful and unique story. And if we think about our bodies, we recognize that when one part of our body is hurting, all of us mourn. When one of us celebrates, all of us rejoice. Within the body of Christ, these moments of deep sorrow and joyful celebration can happen sometimes in the same day. But in isolation, we cannot experience the fullness of community. Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 12 in what is divided to us as the beginning of chapter 13 which Kathy had just read for us. And what Paul describes is the most excellent way. One can conclude from reading the Bible that Paul may have done this on purpose. 
that chapter 13 simply follows chapter 12. And maybe they have something to do with each other. Paul writes, If we speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, we are a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If we share the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries, and have faith that will move the mountains, but do not have love, we are nothing. If we give all we have to the poor and give over our bodies to hardship, but do not have love, we gain nothing. Paul states that love is patient and that love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, and it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, and it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. No matter what your gift is, my question for you today is how are you using your gift to love your brother and sister in Christ? The most excellent way, as Paul describes, is to use your gift to love others. So today, as we celebrate as we acknowledge how unique and diverse our gifts are, may we remember that we are bonded together in love. Like I said earlier, those kids need you. What God has gifted you, no matter your gift, is irreplaceable to the body of Christ. May we know that the Spirit is at work within us, and we are invited to participate in his body by being exactly who God made you to be. Would you pray with me?